I'm hungry for the move of the Spirit. Anybody hungry for the move of the Spirit? Yes, and uh, thank God for teaching the Word, but that's not enough for me. You know, everybody that, uh, when you sit down to eat, uh, you ever notice whenever you eat, you'll take a few bites and then you'll grab your water or whatever and you'll take some drink. Well, that's the way we've got to be with the Word. We, we must eat the Word, but you and I have got to be, keep on drinking while we're eating the Word. Amen. Keep on drinking of the Holy Ghost. Remember Jesus said, whoever wants thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Amen. Is this a drinking church? Amen. Drinking up, we've got to qualify that, right? This is the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost drinking church, believe in drinking. So, but, uh, you know, there's some things that, uh, you know, we, I came up, I just kind of tell you a little bit of my story. Uh, I came up in a denominational home in uh, Pennsylvania and uh, grew up on the farm and basically didn't know I got saved there, the denominational church, thank God. And, but they, they, um, they, they didn't really teach me a lot. I didn't learn much, but uh, they, they, thank God I got saved, but. I was living defeated. And so, but God got a hold of me. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, a whole nother long story, but uh, um, got filled with the Holy Ghost and, and asked a girl that was uh, going to, I didn't know what she was going to do after she graduated, but she kind of led the revival that I got filled with the Holy Ghost in. Where are you doing, going after Bible school? She said, I'm going to Rainbow Bible Training Center. I'd never heard of it, but, uh, but right in here, I didn't even know, I couldn't have told you I was a spirit and I didn't know certainly what the inner witness was, but right in here, I just knew I'm going to Rainbow Bible Training Center. And so I didn't know anything about it. I had to find out all about it. And that, that, that ministry, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, changed my life. Yeah. We went there from 1980, went to school, I should say, from 85 to 87. And then God said, uh, whenever, I, whenever I graduated, I said, Lord, where do you want me to go? I mean, I'm called. I got to get out there and do the will of God. He said, you're staying right here. I said, staying right here? What am I going to do right here? He said, because that's against, that. they told you to get going, you know, get out there and get the, well, see, God did. And he told me, he said, there's still some things got to get put into you. Yeah. You know, Rama took a lot of things out of me and put a lot of things into me too. But there was a lot of things I had to learn uh, that I still, you know, because I came right out of denominational church. So I had a lot to learn. I got there and I, uh, so I got involved in the healing school and uh, really, and prayer school, Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Really, uh, prayer and healing school were schools of the spirit. I mean, they were healing school and they were prayer school, but they were training in the flow of the spirit. And so I didn't realize it at the time, but God was basically saying to me, I need you to get more than just the word. I need you to get the flow of the spirit. Amen. Well, then, because uh, really what happened was, uh, Brother Hagin, of course, he moved to heaven and some others moved to heaven. And, and people, have, uh, people have disobeyed what this verse that I just had you turn to said, because uh, Brother Hagin's ministry that raised, uh, raised up so many ministers to go all over the world, his ministry, people say the message that he emphasized was the message of faith, and we understand that, but there was a whole lot more to it. And most people don't realize that the second half of his commission came later uh, to train the people of God in the move of the Spirit because he said, Jesus told him if somebody doesn't show them the move and demonstrate the move of the Spirit, teach them the move of the Spirit, it's going to be lost. And so we don't want to lose anything. Notice here in Proverbs 22, 28, remove not the ancient landmarks which, which your fathers have set. Remove not the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. Now, I'll kind of give you a little idea what he's talking about. Back then, they, uh, they all had, you know, whenever God told uh, Joshua to divide up the tribes, 
They divided up and they divided different portions of land to different tribes. And then each family within the tribe, they got their portion within that portion. And so, I mean, you know, who knows how they, you know, mark the land, mark the edge of their farm. Maybe this big, uh, this farm goes from this big tree here to that power rocks over there or whatever. And those were landmarks, those trees or land, you know, whatever. Today we put a surveyor stake in the ground, right? Yeah. And we say, well, from here to that survey stake over there, you know, because we got satellites and all that, and we can measure and do all that. But back then, probably just had a tree and a pile of rocks or something like that, you know, so, but he said, don't move the landmarks which have been set by your fathers. In other words, the generation before them had gone in there and possessed the land and they, they uh, inherited it. It was part of what belonged to them. And that land was, was uh, their uh, rights and inheritance and God gave it to them in order to, uh, you know, you know, thrive in his plan. So, um, but he said here, don't move the old landmarks. Well, that, that, that what your fathers have said. Well, bring that into the modern day. Basically, if you apply that to spiritual things today, he's basically staying, saying, stay with what your spiritual fathers taught you. Amen. Stay with the landmarks of what your spiritual father taught you. Amen. Now, the church is supposed to not only have a habit of reaching forward. Remember, we press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. But we're to have, according to Jude 1.3, we're to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. In other words, whatever the previous generation walked into in God, we're not to lose that. We're to contend for what was gotten by the previous generation. Amen. So say, say amen if you can. And so these are seasoned men, men that are proven of God, men that are proven that as leaders in the body of Christ, that you take Smith Wigglesworth, your pastor talked about him this morning, you take E.W. Kenyon, you take uh, Oral Roberts, you take uh, Brother Hagin, you take uh, you know, T.L. Osborne, you take these men, this generation that was before us. You take these men, and, and, and John Osteen, you know, all these men, you take these men and what they brought into the body of Christ, what they brought into the body of Christ. Amen. And, and what, we, what he's saying to us is that is your inheritance. That was territory in the spirit that was gained by uh, the previous generation. Don't move the landmarks. Amen. Amen. So earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. How many of you know the spirit of the world today is basically, because you know the spirit of the world is not our spirit, right? It's, it's not to look back to time-tested truths. People think today that they think, uh, th they, they think mostly forward-thinking and progression, but the truth is, uh, a lot of times, they're letting go of what was, was a, a, a known truth, established truth of the previous generation. Amen. Now, now, we know we're moving forward, you know, things like technology and all these things are moving forward. We ought to move with some of that, but not move away from spiritual foundations that were gained like, like Azusa Street and the move of God at Azusa Street. And like, like in these other ministries that I mentioned, the move of God that they, that they pioneered. Amen. The, the, the message of faith that they pioneered, the message of the authority of the believer that they pioneered, the message of the love of God that they pioneered, and the message of the move of the Spirit that they pioneered. Amen. Amen. They picked it up from the generation before them, and they brought it into their generation and moved with God. And then they turned it over. They sort of handed the baton to our generation. And what our generation is to do is not let go of those, those, those ancient landmarks, so to speak. Y'all still with me this evening? 
And so uh, the message of faith is a landmark. The in Christ realities is a landmark. The, the uh, move of the Spirit is a landmark. And so, um, you, know, uh, you know, basically, if, if somebody, when he said don't move the ancient landmark, what he's basically saying is, if somebody, would, you know, why, why would somebody move the, the landmarks? Why would they do that? Well, they're probably, probably the most, the guy that's most interested in doing that is probably the guy that's right next door, you know, because here's our line. And, and, you know, if I just in the middle of the night move that over there, whatever that is up there, that pile of stones, whatever, if I just move it over there just a little bit, guess what? I just gained some of his land, right? Y'all still with me? And so basically to move the landmarks is to steal from something, steal from somebody. And people today that are moving the landmarks are stealing from the body of Christ. Am I preaching all right? They're stealing from the body of Christ. They're seeking to change things that previous generations pioneered and prayed through and brought into the earth. And we're not supposed to be losing. How many of you know the church today is supposed to go from glory to glory? From glory to glory. Not from one degree of glory to a lesser degree of glory, but take what was established in previous generations and move forward with it. Hallelujah. And so I want to talk about some of that tonight because this is our heritage of faith. I said, this is our heritage of faith. I mean, Dr. Summerall, the authority of the believer, casting out devils. This is our heritage of faith. This is our, see, most, most Christians sort of, you know, well, that's over whenever those men go on to heaven, that's over, and now the next thing. Well, no, it's, it's not over in the sense of, yeah, they passed on to heaven, but that message, see, God, the, 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 the man that God used might have passed on to heaven, but the message, the ministry, the faith is still for this gener- generation. Amen. I might have to preach myself happy, but I'm going to do it. Amen. And so that's our heritage. They worked the land. They showed us what it can grow. They showed us what's available. They showed us the good, good life that's over here in this move of the Spirit, over here in this message of faith, over here in the authority of the believer, over here in walking in love, over here in the in Christ reality. There's a good life over here. Praise God. It's a good life. Hallelujah. And so they showed us what this land will grow. And, and if we'll cultivate it, and, and if we'll just keep on uh, tilling that same ground. Yeah. I'm not saying God's not adding things to us. He is adding right. things to us. It ought to be that we're going from glory to glory. Yes. But I'm simply saying you can't, you can't ever get a house built if you keep on moving the foundation or moving off the foundation. Over here's where our spiritual fathers... Over here's where our spiritual fathers built the foundation, and we're supposed to build on that foundation. Not, not go over here and say, well, you know, that's over. We'll go over here and start building. Come on. Amen. Come on. Anybody that does that's not safe. Come on. Anybody that does not, it's not a voice for you in your life. Yeah. Amen. amen. So tell your neighbor he's preaching better than your amen, and that's for sure. <laughs> amen. And so uh, some of these, I think some of what's happened is some of the, uh, some of the, uh, those that have departed from some things, I think what's happened is they didn't stay close enough okay. to that message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were marked, you remember they're saying here landmarks, yeah. they were marked, yeah. but they were at a distance and the mark didn't, didn't get imprinted real strong. Amen. I'm, I'm, of, the, I'm of, the, of, the, of the tribe, or whatever tribe we are, well, I'm of the tribe that stayed close, wants to stay close to that move of God. Amen. You really can't get marked by your spiritual father from a distance. You can't get marked by your pastor from a distance. Amen. You got to stay close. Stay close. Be in the, every time the doors are open. Well, I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but you understand. <laughs> Just be there. Praise God. What is a mark? It's a visible impression. 
some kind of, uh, uh, that, that indicates uh, identity or ownership. For example, you ever remember uh, uh, Peter, James, and John? I think it was Peter and John. They uh, took knowledge of them, that, that, that their boldness, they recognized their boldness, and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You remember that? What does that mean? They stayed close enough to Jesus that as soon as, they, as, soon as Peter and John acted on that boldness, somebody else came to mind. Somebody else came to mind. Jesus came to mind. They said, well, they act just like Jesus. They took knowledge of them whenever they saw their boldness. They said that they'd been with Christ. Amen. That used to bother me. I've had people come say, you, you, you act like this or you act like that person. And it used to bother me. I go, I don't want to act like somebody else. And then the Lord said to me one day, well, who else would you rather act like? I said, that's right. That's right. I mean, if somebody, that just means I got marked. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So they, they took knowledge of them. They had been with Jesus. Peter, uh, uh, Timothy was the same way. Timothy, he said, uh, you followed up close. If you read Timothy 2, 19 through 22, you followed up close and you know my faith. You know my lifestyle. You know my consecration. You know my love walk. You read down through there in that passage. And, and he said, uh, you know, you know all those things. Well, uh, amen. So with that in mind, let me just talk to you about some things about the move of the Spirit tonight. Would that be all right? What about this? What about this, this mark that I'm talking about? Um, go over with me in order to pick up where I believe God wants us to go tonight. Well, uh, while I'm, while I'm talking, let me say this before I go there. Um, there is, um, there, there, in healing school, I, I worked at, uh, I wasn't on staff paid, but I was there every day working and ministering with, they actually had me teaching in the school and in the classes in healing school at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Eventually, not at the beginning, but eventually. And so I was there, I think, for six years doing that, and uh, it was a tremendous honor. I mean, I, 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 we, we, I learned so much, I just, I just thank God for it. But, but the point is, we learned, uh, there, there was a point there that one of the men who was in charge of the healing school went up to Brother Hagin and said, you know, uh, what can we do to get more, get more people healed? We, we were getting people healed, but how can we get more people healed? And he said, well, he said, you'll only get a certain percentage of them healed by uh, uh, teaching the word and getting them to believe God. And uh, he said that based on the parable of the sower. But he said, if you minister all different ways, the the Holy Ghost moves different ways. If you minister all different ways, you get a higher percentage of them healed. And so we got hungry to learn how to flow with the Spirit in all the ways that he does what he does. And one of the things that stood out to me, and I I, uh, want you to want you to look at this with me tonight. One of the things that stood out to me whenever we started uh, uh, seeking God about how to get, get into more of the flow of the Spirit in healing school, Brother Hagin's first vision for healing school was, was that it'd be a school, not a healing rally or something like that, but yet he did want us to flow with the Holy Ghost. So anyway, one of the first things that, that came to me was, uh, and, and got, became very real to me, in fact, it's still real to me today, is uh, something that... Uh, uh, that was laid down by the previous generation. And then if you listen to them teaching and preaching, you'll hear them talk about this. And that is learning and, and learning to pray things out, learning to pray things through in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost. And one of the verses about it is James 5. Uh, you remember uh, James 5, 16, especially the Amplified, the effectual fervent uh, prayer, uh, earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Tremendous power available. Amen. That's, that's what the believer's prayer line. Now, this can do. This is not the prayer of faith. The previous verses were a prayer of faith. This is a prayer of supplication. It's a different kind of prayer. 
Notice he calls it the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer. The prayer of faith is, praise God, I got it in Jesus' name, hallelujah. This is praying things through. This is a different kind of prayer. And we started seeing this, and this just kind of stood up, stood up off the Bible page to me. And I started getting hungry to learn to do this. And as I got more, and I started yielding to the Holy Ghost, got more over into it. I started seeing tremendous results, praying out miracles, going into the service and walking out what I'd prayed out and seeing people, everything from healed of cancer to raised from the dead. Amen. Amen. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I'll tell some stories maybe as we go. But, um, but as I, I stopped, started praying this, I started realizing there's a tremendous amount of power available here if we'll learn to do this. And the previous generation knew how to do that. You, I'm going to quote some uh, uh, Brother Hagin things, uh, some things that he said here. But um, as, as I got into this, I realized we're walking in a shallow end of the pool. And, and not in very deep water sometimes when it comes to the real flow of the Spirit, the real move of the Spirit. I mean, I'm talking about some amazing miracles that have happened. So, but I, and I got hungry. I want to learn more to do this. I want to learn to make this power available. Amen. And I realized there was a connection between this kind of praying. Yes, there's a connection between faith and the power of God manifesting. But there's also a connection between this kind of praying and the power of God manifesting. And uh, I want a church, and I'm sure your pastors do too, where, I mean, if somebody gets sick and the body of Christ learns how to do this and, 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 and does this, practices this, making that kind of power available, they, 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 it's so much easier for them to get healed. Amen. Because the power is prayed, prayed into manifestation. Amen. I said amen. So, uh, but well, I started learning to do this and, uh, you know, things started happening. I was absolutely amazed sometimes that things started happening. Brother Hagin made this statement. I'll, I'll uh, quote him. He said, uh, if I can find it here. Uh, he said, many of the things uh, that he's walking in, many of the miracles that he had had, I'm looking for uh, the, the quote here. The, he said he actually prayed them out. They happened after a season, a prolonged season of praying in other tongues. Uh, and so, and he made that statement on a couple of occasions, actually quite a, quite a few occasions, to where it was connected to that, connected to praying in other tongues. So, um, uh, the, uh, I'm not finding the quote here. I wanted to find it real quick and qu- read it to you. But the, the thing he was saying was, he, he may, actually he made a, a statement of about a couple different things, uh, a couple different categories of things that he saw whenever he uh, prayed in other tongues. He saw uh, miracles of healing. He saw uh, uh, moves of the Spirit. He saw financial miracles. He saw uh, revelation of what the plan of God for him was. He actually said, everything we're doing today in the ministry, he said, I got it when I was praying in other tongues. He said, uh, starting Rhema Bible Training Center, uh, going on the radio, all these things, and his ministry just exploded, went around the world, blessed blessed many multitudes of people. And he said, it all came out of praying in other tongues. Amen. 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 And so uh, supernatural things can happen through praying in other tongues. So uh, the reason they, they'll happen is because there's a lot of things we know limitedly to pray for, but we don't know as we ought. I mean, how, do we, how are we going to get into this reaching all of Houston? Y'all still with me? How are we going to get into the next phase of this building whenever the need is? How are we going to do that? 
Well, there's, we're going to use it. We're going to do it by faith, right? You're going to do it by faith. But right on the other hand, there are some things, if you recognize the Holy Ghost, there are some things the Holy Ghost will come on you to pray out. Yeah. Hallelujah. I remember back, I could tell you a couple stories along this line. I'll, I'll tell you one that just comes up in my spirit right now. Uh, this was a, a few years ago. I was praying, and, 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 I, and, and I got an urge to pray more, prolonged season of prayer, just like, just like a divine urge to pray more. So I prayed I, over a period of a few days. I prayed probably, I don't know, I'm not, you know, it's not a matter of how many hours. It's a matter of yielding to the Holy Ghost until you get it prayed through. Yeah. But I probably prayed eight or more hours over the next couple of days, just praying in the other, in the other tongues. I didn't know what I was praying about. Yeah. But as I prayed it out, I, I got a note of victory. Remember Romans 8, 26 and 27, praying in the spirit, the spirit helps our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit takes hold together with us against it, you know, and he'll do that and he'll, he'll take hold with you and then you'll, you'll get it prayed through and there'll be a note of victory. Praise God. So we, so I did that and got that note of victory. I, I didn't have any revelation. Sometimes I have revelation of what it is. Sometimes I don't, but some, this time I didn't. So I prayed that through and I got a note of victory. I said, whatever it was, I got it. Amen. Walked into church Wednesday night. Somebody just dropped $65,000 in the offering. Amen. Uh, that, that was one of the, it was a, it was a bigger miracle. At that time, it was a bigger miracle than normal. Praise God. <laughs> Since that time, a lot, of, a lot of things have happened. But uh, the point I'm making is, uh, and, and as, soon as, as soon as that happened, I realized that's what I was praying about. That's what I was praying about. And, and that person came to me afterwards, and because I gave the testimony about praying that out, not realizing what I was even praying out. And, uh, and, and the person came to me and said, I could tell that, that there was a spiritual battle going on between me and my, I mean, my flesh and God's will on that. And I, and I just kept getting the urge. I just kept, as I realized then I was pray, the spirit of God was making power available to them to obey God. Amen. I can't be accused of, of trying to talk them into it. I didn't even know what I was praying about. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, the things I'm talking about are some of the biggest financial miracles, um, a number of years ago, uh, the Lord spoke to us about aviation. That's not necessarily for every ministry, but the Lord did put it in our heart for what we, I didn't know at the time what it was going to be for. But now that we're pastoring two churches, 350 miles apart, it requires something other than four wheels to get there. <laughs> every week driving five hours gets old. Amen. You know, you might enjoy your vacation and you take a little vacation, but do that every week and see how often you like that. But so anyway, so I knew then whenever we, we God dealt with us about uh, uh, pastoring two churches, I realized, okay, this is for, uh, you know, um, this, we needed aviation to get back and forth. I mean, it takes five hours down to about an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Amen. amen. See, you're not saying amen because you don't have to drive that every week. But I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so it's not the plan of God for everybody. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, necessary for most people, but whoever God deals with, God dealt with us. And now I see why. I mean, because of some of the things we're going to be doing. Do you hear what I said? <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> we got some things we got to do. We got some things we got to do. So, yeah, amen. Every, every call of God has a supply. <laughs> amen. So, so we got... We got uh, and, and I had an urge back at the end of last year. It was probably... Uh, October, October, whatever it was, I had an urge to pray in tongues. The Lord put it in my heart to pray in tongues. I prayed in tongues an hour every day for 30 days, an hour every day for 30 days. After that was finished, uh, uh, or excuse me, uh, during that time of praying in tongues for 30 days, over the process of those 30 days, all the money came in for the aircraft. 
All the money came in to repair the aircraft because it needed some work. All the money came in for first, the first year's uh, expenses of the aircraft. All the money came in for the pilot's salary for the first year. Amen. And money in the bank. Hallelujah. And this, this Friday night, next week, we're taking delivery of it. It's landing at home. Coming, 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 in for, coming in to take up its job. It's got an assignment in the kingdom of God. Amen. That's not a prestige thing. It's just, a, just like a computer. You got to have it. Some, some people need it. It's not necessary for everybody. But you understand. I mean, somebody said, what were you doing? I know I was praying some of that out. Praying some of that out. Praying some of that out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And so uh, this is a flow of the Spirit that the previous generation, I'm losing my tongue here a little bit, that the previous generation knew something about. But this generation is in danger of losing it. Amen. But see, God wants us to hold this fast because we're going to miss a whole lot in the move of the Holy Ghost. If we don't learn to do this again. Now, I'm not saying you don't, but you understand. Get, get even further into this. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I've, I've had some experiences along this line that just bless you. I'll tell some of these stories. Uh, you, you, here in Houston, you would understand this uh, because this is an oil area of the United States, right? Uh, you haven't pumped it all out yet, have you? All right. So you got a lot of oil around here? So, uh, I mean, here in, in, in Texas and some other places, but, but uh, they, they don't get, you know, to hit oil, you don't just drill like you would drill for a, 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 a you know, water well. You got to keep on going deeper. Just keep on going deeper, right? Just keep on going deeper. And that's the way this is praying in the Holy Ghost. It's like when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it's like you keep on going deeper down there to where the, the down there to where the gusher is. Brother Hagin used to talk about how the first time he ever prayed, prayed uh, it ended up being four hours and 45 minutes, prayed in the Holy Ghost, and he said at four hours and 45 minutes, he hit a gusher. He's from Texas. That's, he knew what he was talking about, how they hit the oil and it you know, sprays up everywhere. I, I guess it still happens that way. It used to. You understand. Uh, but, but he said, I just kept on praying in the Holy Ghost. He said, I had no divine urge to do it. I just decided I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost because I, I, des- I desire to pray. in the Holy- And he prayed until he hit a gusher. And when he hit a gusher, the word of the Lord came to him and actually spoke to him about the first phase of his ministry and talked, about the, and he, and, 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 and talked to him about the healing revival that was coming. That's whenever that word came. If you ever read his books, you remember him saying that he said the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, there's coming a revival of divine healing to America at the end of World War II. Remember that? That's whenever he prayed through. That's when that came. There's coming. He said he wrote that down. And he said that's exactly what happened. And that he must have been a part of praying that all out. Praying that mighty move of God out. Hallelujah. How about praying out moves of God today? Hallelujah. I remember one time, this was a number of years ago, quite, quite a number of years ago. <laughs> I was down in, uh, uh, well, uh, it's from here, it's up, but uh, in Illinois, pray, uh, doing some meetings. Pastor Ed invited us to come. He said, because uh, we were in healing school back in those days, and he said, you know, it was November time. He said, I want you to come and, and, and have, have healing services and, and teach and preach the word and then and inoculate my people against the flu every year. He had me up every, every year because, you know, uh, it's wintertime, people 
sign up for the flu, I guess. But, uh, so, but he, he said, I want you to come up and put the word, give, give them the word, you know. So, so we were doing that. And I was up there one time preaching. And uh, the one night I had, that, we did a Saturday night, uh, I think it was, I don't know if we started Friday night or Saturday night, but, but uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then we were going to do a Sunday night. Well, Sunday morning we had, uh, you know, good service, but then Sunday afternoon, uh, laid down, took a nap, and woke up, and I was going to get out my Bible and start preparing for the evening service, but I had an urge to pray. I had a burden. I don't know if you ever heard the word burden to yeah, pray. Yeah. It's not like we have burdens, but, but you know what I mean. There's something heavy on your heart. And in this case, I didn't know what it was. There was something I needed to pray about something. And so I said, all right, I'll, I'll study later maybe, but see how long this goes. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, prayed probably 45 minutes in other tongues under an anointing to pray. And whenever I prayed that, uh, whenever I uh, got that prayed through, the note of victory came and uh, uh, the flash of the service. I saw at least the first part of the service. I saw the first part of the service. In fact, my whole sermon flashed before me in a, probably a split second. I saw every point that I was supposed to preach. So I'm like, I'm going to service tonight. I know exactly what to preach. <laughs> so I got up there and I started preaching going down exactly like, like I had seen. But I didn't see any further. All I saw was my sermon and what to preach. So I got to the end of my sermon. I'm like, now what do I do? So I said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to call people up here to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I just had that, just had that prompting to do that. Well, I called the people up. I was telling this story at lunch today. But I called the people up. Uh, anyone wanted to be filled with the Spirit and never had spoken in the tongues, they came forward. There were six of them came forward. Yeah. Uh, so they came up. And, you know, when you've prayed something through and prayed yourself hot, yeah. you, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not like, oh, God. No, I mean, I could barely. These are Nazarene people from the Nazarene church. I mean, they're not like professional Pentecostals and they, they know when you touch them, this is what you're supposed to do. Ah, whoa, praise God. Speaking to, they didn't know how to do all that. They're Nazarene people. <laughs> so I, and I could barely get my finger on their forehead and they would take off speaking in tongues. See, this has all been prayed out. So, they, and I, there were six of them. And while I'm praying for the six, there's another man came forward. A seventh man came forward. So I got through and I, and I got to this seventh man and I laid my hands on him to be uh, filled with the spirit. And he went out under the power, uh, preaching, I mean, not preaching, not preaching, but speaking in tongues. Uh, I mean, like a good Pentecostal, you know what I'm talking about? Like a freight train going through a tunnel man just took off speaking in tongues. Well, I just thought, and then, and I'll be honest with you, the power of God hit. We had a service. I mean, there was a young lady that had come. Somebody had brought her from the state institution for people that are troubled mentally. I, I don't know what they call them today. Uh, but anyway, they brought this girl and uh, they, 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 they let her out for that night because they were keeping them confined. But they let her out for that night and said, we'll be out here at, uh, I think the service started at six. We'll be out here at eight or something like that to pick you up. Be out here at eight o'clock. Well, service, well, I mean, the power of God fell. And, and uh, she, uh, she ended up, somehow or another, she ended up, because the front row cleared out, people were on the floor, but she ended up on the front cha on the chair, like right here, because chairs were connected like this, no, no arms, and she ended up just laughing on the front row, just laughing, and she got totally set free from, from whatever was oppressing her, laying there on the front row. Well, 8 o'clock came, 8 o'clock passed, 8 o'clock, 8.10, 8.20, and they were upset, but, but see, she, they didn't need, uh, she didn't need them anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory! Thank God. 
Well, um, then we just, I can tell you that this is a long, it's a good service. Praise the Lord. I mean, it wasn't church, it was church. You know what I'm talking about. But so we, we dismissed after the service. I mean, uh, and I'm back there because it was uh, kind of two doors like here. I'm, I go through one of the doors and I'm back there getting a drink of water, leaning over the water fountain. And the pastor came through the double doors and he went, glory to God. I said, glory to God. He said, did you get that seventh man's testimony? I said, no, I just thought he came up and filled with the spirit. He said, jump in my Jeep. We're getting something to eat. I got to tell you his testimony. So he told me his testimony. He said, that's my building contractor. He said, because they're building a new building on their, you know, a new, new auditorium, actually. They're building another auditorium. And uh, he said, he's my building contractor. He's from the Nazarene church. And he said, that was his family, all those people, those six people that came up there at the beginning, and then him, seventh person. They're all, they're all family. And uh, he's my building contractor. And uh, he's helping us. He's Nazarene. Man, he's born again. He knows God, but he had never been filled with the Spirit, except uh, whenever his family came up, he said, that's fine for you, but uh, that's not for me. Uh, and so he's standing back there. He's just, uh, you know, standing back in the service. So anyway, he said, oh, wow, he's, he, he told the pastor this before we left. He said, while I was standing there, he said, my heart stopped beating. He said, I've had a heart condition for 17 years. The doctors uh, had been on my case and watching it, and it was getting worse. And uh, he said, I've been dead twice over those 17 years. You know how they can get those paddles and get you back? Right, right. And so he said, they, they got the paddles and got me back. But he said, I know what it's like to die or, or, or to, be, uh, to be dying. He said, the circulation stops in your fingers and in your toes, and it just starts coming up. He said, it'll get to a certain place because your, you know, your heart's not beating, and so there's no blood circulating. And so he said, but it'll come up in a certain place. You, when it gets to a certain place, you're dead. <laughs> he said, so I'm standing there, and my heart stopped beating. I'm standing back in the service while my family's getting filled with the Holy Ghost. My heart stops beating. He said, I'm standing there thinking, my God, I'm standing right here in church and dying. He said, while I'm standing there, this is his testimony. He told the pastor. He said, while I'm standing there, he said, it was as if, you know, you ever seen uh, Star Wars? You know, beam me up, Scotty. There was, he said, it was as if there was a shaft of light came out of the ceiling, and I'm standing in a shaft of light. He said, he's, he's a Christian. He knew it was God. <clears throat> he had never experienced anything like that, but he could sense the presence of God. And he said, I'm standing there in this like shaft of light. And he said, I'm standing there and, and just wondering, what's, what, what's God doing? What, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? And he said, the Spirit of God spoke to him out of that presence and said, I believe it's probably Jesus, the head of the church. He said, now you can stand here and die, or you can go up there and have hands laid on you to be filled with the Spirit. And if, he said, I'll heal you too. And so he's just standing there sustained by the power of God. I don't know how long you can stand before you, die, before you fall over, but he's just standing there and sustained by the power of God. Well, he's like, if those are the conditions, you know I'm coming down. So, so he, he comes down, and that's why he came down late to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I didn't know he's a walking dead man. If I'd have known it, man of you know, faith and power would have turned into man of paste and flour. Amen. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. What's wrong with you? I'm dead. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you know. But so, but he's just, he came down there sustained by the power of God. Well, I laid hands on him, like I said, and he went out under the power of God. He laid on the floor and, and then he got back up. Uh, he's speaking in tongues and got back up and went back to his seat. And the and, uh, pastor said, he just told me that testimony. 
He said his heart started beating again. He's fine. Well, uh, we rejoice. But anyway, the, the doctor said, uh, we did, we did. We had a good time. At the stoplight, we almost at the stoplight did a Chinese fire drill. You know what I'm talking about? Woo! Glory! So we got to the restaurant, and, 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 and uh, anyway, in the process of a couple of weeks, I, uh, I, I talked to the pastor again, and he said, that man went back to his doctor and said, Doc, he said, would you, I, I want you to examine my heart again. He said, I don't need to. I've been taking pictures of this for a long time. He said, no, I want you to do it again. He said, why? He said, something happened. He said, I want you, and he didn't want to tell him because, you know, he just wanted him to see it. He wanted to see the doctors to see it. So he said, take the well, he said, uh, 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 we don't have to. He said, no, I'll pay for it. He said, okay. So they took a picture, and uh, however they do that, you know, turn certain direction. And he said, uh, he said he waited a little bit, and they came out, and they said, well, um, I guess uh, we need to take another picture because... uh, it's not, it's not uh, something's, something's wrong. He said, let's turn you, let's turn you a different direction and take another picture. And I think he took three or four pictures. And, and by the time it was all over, the doctor came out and he said, I don't know what happened, but he said, this is not the same heart. Glory to God. Praise God. He said, this is the heart of a 20 year old man. Glory. Hallelujah. And so he had a doctor's report. And then, of course, he told the doctor what, you know, what some doctors rejoice, you know, but some doc- doctors like, I don't know about all that. But, <laughs> but anyway, the, he, he got a good report. Now, see, why, somebody say, why are you telling that testimony? Because remember how that all started? Remember I said the, the burden of prayer came on me and I prayed that out, not even knowing what I was praying about uh, uh, for probably about 45 minutes or so. And, and see, who would have known? Nobody knew he was coming that night. How many of you know Romans eight twenty six? praying uh, for, for things you know not what to pray for as you are? Nobody knew to pray for him that night. Nobody knew he was coming, number one. Nobody knew. For, second of all, he's going to die of a heart attack sitting, standing right there in church. But the Holy Ghost knew. Woo! We can pray out things we don't even know to pray for. By, by yielding to the Holy Ghost in this way, like, like uh, the, the former generation taught us. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin told a testimony of a, a missionary years ago that, that had an experience along this line. He was over in Africa preaching on the western side of Africa. <clears throat> and so he said uh, he got it on his heart. He had some mission, mission bases over there. He got it on his heart. to uh, There was an island off the west coast of Africa. Um, uh, excuse me, is it West Coast, East Coast, I think is what he was. Anyway, wherever it was. He said, uh, and, the, and that the tribes out there had never been reached with the gospel. So he said, he got it on his heart to go out there, and he hired a, a boat there, a native with a boat. And it wasn't that far, but you, you had to, you know, it was a little, little ways. And so he said he was going over there, uh, I think weekly, if I remember right, preaching the gospel. And then they'd come back. Uh, and, and it wasn't that far, and, and it wasn't really necessary to have navigational equipment. So they didn't really have navigational equipment, but uh, because, you know, I guess you could maybe see the, I don't know how far it was, but you could, you could do it without navigational equipment. So he said, they were going back and forth. And he said, one, one uh, I think it was a Monday, they were coming back after some services. They were coming back and uh, a storm came up. You know, they didn't know about the storm. It was, it was, you know, they didn't have all the equipment like we got today, but that storm got, came up and it delayed them from getting back to the mainland on time. <clears throat> so they were... Uh, 
they were uh, kind of out there and, and the storm delaying them and then also the storm sort of disorienting them because, you know, the wind's blowing and all that's, you know, you don't know quite for sure anymore and, and it started getting dark. So they didn't know for sure anymore which direction they were supposed to go. Uh, they kind of had a sense where it was, but, you know, you kind of lose direction out there, especially in the nighttime. And so he said, uh, he said uh, that storm... Uh, it got real bad. And so he, he asked the, the boat captain, he said, what, he said what, what's, what's the best choice? What should we do here? And he said, the best option is for us to sort of, uh, you know, head towards the mainland where we think the mainland is and just hope for the best because if we stay out here, we're going to sink. But there's no way this boat, not a big boat, you know, no way this boat can last in this storm very long. So the best chance we have is to go towards the shore, the direction we think it is. He said, but there's a problem. He said, this shore has a coral reef the whole way along it. And if we hit that coral reef, this boat's going to be torn to shreds. He said, there's only one little passageway to get in to the harbor where we need to go. And he said, we've got to hit that passageway just right. And he said, but this is our only chance. He said, uh, uh, the missionary said, well... He said, and all these men that are traveling, or not, not the, he had a couple of people, a couple of Christians with him to travel in the minister, but the, the people that run in the boat and everything, they're not saved. So the missionary said, well, let's, let's commit ourselves to God and then let's just shoot for the shore. And he said, they all went out down and prayed. And you know, whenever people are facing death in the, in the face, they'll pray with you. <laughs> so, but they got down and prayed. So they're praying, they committed themselves to God. And he said, the missionary's testimony was this. He said, and he said, I got other witnesses. Even these men that weren't saved witnessed this. He said, that boat, they, they prayed, and they turned it towards what they believed was the shore. And he said, God is my witness. That boat took off like an airplane and went over the coral reef and landed in the harbor. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Glory. Glory be to God. Glory. I mean, if God can translate people, he can translate boats. Well, that's not the end of the story. The, the rest of the story is he, got, he, of course, gets back safe and everything. And in the process of a day or two, he, three, two, two or three days, he was out visiting these other mission stations he's sort of in charge of. He wanted to make sure everything's fine. And he gets to this one mission station where there's a lady there that uh, was, uh, you know, also a Pentecostal. She, she prayed in tongues and, and knew the things of the Spirit. And she said, uh, this man's man, uh, this missionary's name was Brother Bowley. She said, Brother Bowley, uh, <clears throat> We're, 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 did you have something happen to you Monday night? It, well, of course he had, but he didn't want to. He realized she must have picked something up. So he, wa he didn't want to tell his story. He said, you tell me your story. <laughs> she said, well, I was working hard Monday and it was, it, I got to bed, you know, later and I was tired. But she said, I was awakened at about 10 o'clock at night, set straight up in bed. She said, I realized something's wrong. Something's wrong. How many of you know the Holy Ghost will alert you and let you know when something's wrong? Amen. Amen. We need to be people of faith, but also people who are, whenever the Spirit of God alerts us, right. recognize, okay, we need to pray right now. Right. So right. she said, she sat up in bed and she said, realize something's wrong. She said she didn't know what it was, didn't have any revelation of what it was. So she started praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is for whenever you don't know. You can pray about things you don't know to pray for. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. You can pray for your family. You don't know what's going on, but you can pray for them. Yep. I mean, you might know some things, but you don't know everything that's going on in their life. Yep. So she, she said, I prayed. Of course, I'm sleepy. So I started falling asleep. And, uh, but the Holy Ghost woke me up again. And she said, that went on. So finally, I decided uh, I'm going to have to get out of bed. She said, I prayed in tongues for two hours. She said, I prayed from about 10 p.m. to about midnight. She said, at about midnight, I got a note of victory. 
She said, I started laughing in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Prayed it through. She didn't know what it was, but she said, I prayed it through. But she said, somehow or another, your face kept flashing before me while I'm, while I'm rejoicing. Yes. And, 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 and I got through that, you know, prayed it, had prayed it out. I, I was rejoicing. Somehow or another, your face kept flashing before me. So I sensed that I had prayed for you. So was there so, did, you, did something happen to you Monday night? He said, did something happen? <laughs> she said, uh, and he told his side of the story. And she said, well... Uh, and, she, and Brother Bowley said, at midnight was whenever we got on our knees, committed ourselves to God, and turned the boat towards the shore. Ooh, hallelujah. hallelujah. She had just finished praying that out, and those angels, praise God, picked that boat up and set it down. Under. Hallelujah. That's available to all of us. Maybe not that exact same testimony. We might not have that same exact need. But this kind of supernatural power, see, this, remember the Bible says it makes tremendous power available. Woo, glory be to God. Tremendous power available. I said tremendous power available. I remember another time I prayed in the Holy Ghost. This was up in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, I told this story at lunch too. I like your pastors. I get my sermons at their lunch. You know, I just... The Holy Ghost gets to move, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I, I made sure it was the plan of God, but he showed me this is the plan of God. So, uh, so I, I was up there preaching, and Greenwich, Connecticut's sort of conservative. You know, it's not real. You wouldn't call it the Bible Belt. <laughs> uh, Houston is maybe the buckle on the Bible Belt. I don't know what for sure, but, but, but Greenwich, Connecticut's not. Uh, real conservative, real, you know, kind of, what do you call it, liberal or whatever. And so, starchy, whatever, you know. <laughs> But so when we were up there preaching, this pastor had graduated from Rhema, a young pastor and his wife, precious people. And they, was, they had just started a church. They already had, they were in a ballroom. They'd, uh, I don't know how long they were gone, a year or two or something like that. They already had like 80 people. And uh, so they're having, you know, good, good success. And uh, so anyway, they called us, they, they wanted us to come up and preach. I think they'd heard us in healing school. So they said, come on up. And I said, well, we're going to be up there. So we, we scheduled. So we were there and we had a couple services, like I said. And then the same thing happened on a Sunday afternoon. I was praying, and I was getting ready for my service, except I had this urge to pray. I got to pray. Something, something here, God wants me to pray this out. So I gave myself to that, prayed that out. And again, it was like, there's no magic to the 45 minutes, but again, it was about 45 minutes. And, I, and once I got in, and so I'm praying, and I'm already, you know, I'm looking at my watch thinking, I got to get ready for service. Because, you know, uh, it's good to take a little bit of a spot bath and maybe gargle. Amen. When you lay hands on people, you want them to go out and say hallelujah, Amen. not halitosis. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. halitosis. Woo. So I'm wanting to get ready for the service, clean up a little bit, but, but, but you know, I got this urge to pray and I, I didn't want to grieve that and, you know, kind of get distracted with natural things. So, so I'm just, so finally I set up on the edge of the bed, just thinking I got to get up here soon. And so I'm sitting there praying in the Holy Ghost, and, and God is my witness. I'm not weird. Tell your neighbor, Pastor Jay's normal. Yes. Amen. I'm not weird. I don't like weirdness, but I do like the move of the Holy Ghost. So I prayed, and, 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 I, and, and all of a sudden, I, I prayed it through. I hit that gusher, you know what I'm talking about? And I started rejoicing, and I kept saying, angel, 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 angel. And I'm like, I'm like, uh... Okay, you're getting weird now. Stop this. 
But I knew like I knew my name. An angel came and stood right here. It wasn't something I was making up. I hadn't heard anybody else say this is, this is something happened to them. It's something that I prayed through. So I, I said, whew, okay, because I'm still uh, young in these kinds of things. So this is all kind of new to me. Anyway, so I just kind of, be honest with you, I kind of distracted myself. I don't want to get weird here. So, so I just got up. I needed to get up anyway and get ready. So I got ready, and my wife and I were walking. We were, like I said, their, their church was meeting in the hotel ballroom. Uh, kind of like downstairs, and we were staying in that same hotel in a room, one of the hotel rooms. So all we had to do is walk down the hall and, and uh, you know, go to the church service. So we're walking down. It was an outside hall, kind of like one of those porches outside. So we're walking down that little outside, uh, you know, walkway there, and, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 so we, we came out the door. I closed the door. We started walking, and I said, honey, my wife's there. I said, honey, that angel's walking right here with me. I just know it. Like, I didn't see him with my eyes. But you can sense he's, he's right there. I said, he's going to service with us. And then I realized, wait a minute. I said, I prayed this out and I was all caught up with that. But I don't even know what I'm going to preach tonight. I'm going to the service. Don't even know what I'm going to preach tonight. So anyway, I got distracted by the fact that I got to, I got to decide what I'm going to preach. And uh, so... Uh, during the praise and worship, I'm kind of focused on that. I kind of forgot about the angel. So the service, they turned it over to me, and I started ministering some things that came up in my spirit. And, I, and, I, and as I was ministering, I was probably 10 or 15 minutes into preaching, and something uh, is, is like I, I looked over to one side. Actually, standing here would have been this side. I looked over here, and, and I could tell there are words. Now, now this, is, this is a little different, but... We got to be open to things maybe that aren't normal in our mind, normal. But I could tell there's like words and I couldn't see them, but I just knew there's words floating through the air coming towards me. And when it would come to me, it would hit my mind. And when it hit my mind, I knew what the word was. And it was the name of a disease. I realized, oh, this is the word of knowledge. And I had been accustomed to the word of knowledge. That started operating whenever I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm just, that's probably the most thing that, think, the thing that operates in my life the most. So, but, so, and, but, but usually it comes, the word of knowledge usually comes up out of here, up out of the Spirit. The Spirit lives in me. The Holy Ghost lives in me like He lives in you. And that word of knowledge, would, when it comes to me oftentimes, it would come up out of my spirit and it would float up to my mind. But here's different. This is different. This is floating through the air and, and it comes to my mind. I didn't know what it was till it hit my mind. When it hit my mind, it was the name of a disease. And I'd like, oh, I know what this is. And I stopped. I said, folks, wait a minute. Somebody's being healed. And I called out whatever that was. I said, come up here. Who is that? And, and they came up and then ministered to them. Then, and then there was another word came. There was another word came. And it just kept coming. And, and I kept giving out the words that were coming. And, and the, <laughs> that was the end of my teaching. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we just had a Holy Ghost time. It was chairs like, movable chairs like this. And by the time that service was uh, over, the chairs were all scattered all around and looked like a blast had gone off. People laying everywhere, getting, getting healed, getting drunk on the Holy Ghost. Just had a glorious time. Hallelujah. And after we, we dismissed, the pastors were so excited. They said, we've been, you know, we, we, this is a more traditional area of the United States. And uh, we haven't had a move of God like it. We've been believing God for a move of God like this. And they, said, uh, and they said, that was very interesting, watching some of these very proper people out on the floor rolling and laughing in the Holy Ghost. I said, well, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. 
But my point is, uh, we, we rejoiced over all the testimonies he was telling me about this person. He knew them, you know, and how they'd had that condition a long time, and now they're healed and so forth. So we rejoiced, and we went back to the hotel, you know, got, got in bed, my wife and I are talking. And, and so I'm just laying there, and I'm thinking, you know, that was different. That, that, that was, that, that's not the way the word of knowledge usually comes. Yeah. Or you, for me, anyway. It didn't usually come like that. I said, you know, I, well, I wonder what that was. And I'm like, that angel. I forgot about that angel. That angel went and serves me. I forgot about him. <laughs> hey, man, don't leave your angel at home, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a joke. But no, he, he went to service with me, and I forgot about what he, and so I never thought about, well, what's he going to do in the service? Never thought about it. I just got, got to doing what I was supposed to do. If he wants to do something, he'll have to let me know. But so that's exactly what happened. And I said, that's what that was. That was that angel. He was there, and he was giving me those words of knowledge. Then my lightning quick Bible mind said, wait a minute, where's that in the Bible? How many of you know we want to be scriptural? And I thought, well, that, wait a minute, I'm getting kind of out here beyond the Bible. And then, and then I started to realize, I said, Lord, show me where it is. And you can find in the Bible time after time where an angel gives people, gave, gave people in the, in the, in the uh, New Testament, gave them words of knowledge. Angel visited Cornelius and told him exactly where Peter was. That's a word of knowledge, right? And you could go through the New Testament, you can see that. Now, people say, well, I want that to happen to me. Well, I didn't ask God for it to happen to me. I just prayed in the Holy Ghost and see whatever God wanted to do. So don't get caught up with wanting to see an angel or wanting to have that kind of thing happen. You'll get, you'll get, uh, you open the door to the devil. See, I wasn't asking for that. It's just something that, and then be honest with you, from that time to this, angels have worked with us in the healing ministry. But see, I prayed that out and got really what the Lord said to me later. He said, that's whenever you went into the second phase of your healing ministry, your ministry of healing. Because he had started the first phase in August the 15th of 1990. If you remember right, that was a Wednesday night. You remember that? <laughs> August the 15th of 1990 was a Wednesday night. That's the night my, my healing ministry started. The first phase of my healing. But when that came, that was the second phase of my healing ministry. The beginning of the second phase. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we're in the third phase of our healing ministry. Yes. But, but different, and different equipments added to us in each time. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But see, that, well, how'd that happen? That happened by praying that out. Uh, can you remember that? You remember what happened? I was laying there in the bed and praying in the Holy Ghost and needed to get ready. But see, if we'd pray more, we'd see more. We'd see more of these miracles. Amen. Now, we can pray, all of us probably do, pray enough to just keep in basic fellowship with God. But to have more of these more pr- pronounced things, it requires us to get over into some more pr- prolonged seasons of prayer. Brother Hagin said, these things always happened after a more prolonged season of prayer. Yes. Amen. So somebody said, how long is that? I don't know. How long, what, just whenever it gets, you get prayed through. Right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Your pastors pray, but how many of you know the whole church ought to be making a supply of the Spirit available? I mean, where you come in here and the power of God's falling all the time. People just, people just lining up out there, with, uh, you know, on wheelchairs and stretchers. Because so much is happening in all the services. Hallelujah. That's not just for the previous generation. It's for for those that do what the previous generation did. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's part of this move of the Spirit that that we're we're hungry for. I believe you're hungry for. Uh, Not just, just, uh, you know... uh, standard or, you know, regular church or Christianity. We're, we, we have services where we teach the Word, and, and, and that's all. Just the, the Word needs to be taught, and, and we say amen, praise God, and go home unless the Lord wants to do something else. Amen. 
Right? But we need to let the Holy Ghost do what He wants to do. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost wants to do some things tonight. Hallelujah. So we've got to maintain that flow and, and, and be people of prayer that are willing to give ourselves, crucify the flesh, and give ourselves to this kind of praying. Give ourselves to more prolonged season of prayer. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying things out. I remember, and, and you don't have to, actually you don't have to have a special, you know, burden to pray, or, or uh, and sometimes that comes, all right, but, but you can just, uh, you can just decide, I just, I'm just hungry for more, and I'm just going to give, I'm going to do this on purpose. Yes. You can do it, you, I remember uh, a number of years ago, quite, quite a few years ago, actually, uh, there was, I woke up one night in the middle of the night, I, I like to pray at nighttime for some reason, uh, I guess it's just because the house is quiet, no distractions, and it's, you know, not, not you know, anything to really distract me. So, but anyway, I, I have a habit of doing that. But this night I woke up, year, this is years ago. This was, oh my, 20, 25 years ago, probably, probably more than 25 years ago. Um, woke up in the middle of the night, and I just had a desire to fellowship with God. How many of you know, you can turn yourself towards something natural and think about the natural, or you can turn yourself towards what God wants to, right. what God's saying to you. Amen. And so I just had a desire to fellowship with God. So I just, I just was worshiping him, laying there in bed. I didn't even say it loud enough. My wife's still laying there sleeping the whole time. She never, she slept the whole, she slept through this whole thing. Oh my goodness. Great move of God. And she slept right through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You tell her I said that. No. But she's probably watching. But so, but I, but I'm, I just fellowship with him. Praise you, Father. I worship you real quiet. You couldn't have heard me like that, but I'm just worshiping God. And then I got over into speaking in tongues. And as I spoke in tongues, I went further in the Spirit. Did you hear that? Further. Poke your neighbor and say, that's what you and I need to do is go further. Yeah, get out, get out past where we normally go. Hallelujah. And so, but, uh, but the, the, I, got, I got to praying in tongues. And then, and then it went, started going further and things started coming in English. And so I started praying by inspiration. Now, remember, I had been praying by in tongues, which is in the Spirit, the Bible says. But now I switched from that to English. And I'm praying not out of my head in English. I'm praying in the Spirit in English. In other words, my head could barely, I wish I could have wrote it all down. It was so edifying. And, uh, and, and things that I was saying in, in English were so uh, inspired by the Spirit, my head didn't hardly have anything to do with it. But I'm just worshiping God. And then I started singing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. See, there's a progression to some of these things. Start out in tongues. Then you can get over into interpretation or then in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs or, or speaking in, in English. Uh, praise God. We got a series on that, how, how, to, how to practice that. Uh, it's available to all of us. And so, but really, uh, and so I'm over there speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. All of a sudden... It was as if, I, I was already in the Spirit, but it was as if a door opened and I went even further into the Spirit and all of a sudden I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at something. I saw in the Spirit realm, I saw a demon had a minister, had, had a hold of a minister binding him. 
And it was as if the, the, it was the funniest thing. I never, never saw, heard of anything like this. But this, this demon's trying to swallow him up, so to speak. You know, in other words, swallow him up. I knew what it meant, trying to swallow him up with death, swallow him up into, into the, 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 the plan Satan had for his life. I knew the minister. I knew who it was. In fact, I had known that just, uh, and, uh, this had been uh, probably a month or so, maybe, maybe two months, something like that, that he had gotten off out of the plan of God, gotten into sin, and just left his church. And, and people really didn't know where he was, to be honest. They, he just left, and he was, up, he was living with some woman and so forth. And, and we knew all this, but, um, and we, were, we had been praying for him. But see, your authority only goes so far. That's right. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? You got authority in your life. Unless the Holy Ghost comes on you. And you get over into that realm in the spirit. How do you get there? Well, you got to yield more like what, what the story I just told. Yield in tongues. Praying in tongues. And so, and so all of a sudden there I am. And I'm looking at this scene. And this demon is, is uh, binding this man. And I saw him. And he's trying to swallow him up in death. I saw what was happening. And, and uh, that, the power of God dropped on me. It looked like that shaft of light, like that brother earlier I told. It looked like that, uh, uh, that power in the, in the vision. Now, see, now I'm in the spirit. I'm laying in bed, but I'm looking at a scene in the realm of the spirit. You ever, you ever read the Bible talks about in the spirit? John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. There's something many Christians don't know hardly anything about. But that's where real victories are won. You understand what I'm talking about? Real victories are won. I'm, I'm going longer than I normally go here tonight, but I'm going to blame it on you. You're pulling so hard. <laughs> ah, ah, praise God. I got family in Houston now. I love this. Amen. You're my kind of folk. My kind of folk. But so I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm in the spirit and I saw what's going on and that shaft of light, that, that's the anointing is what that is. That, that anointing came on me and now, like I said, my wife never woke up this whole time. It felt like I was screaming at the top of my voice because of the authority of that anointing that came on me. I believe it was special faith, to be honest. And I, uh, under that anointing, said three times. I felt like I was screaming, but my wife never woke up. I said, swallow him not up. You have not your prize. I don't usually talk like that. <laughs> but that's when the anointing came on me. That's the, you know, that's the way it came out. And I said that three times. Swallow him not up. You have not your prize. Swallow him not up. You have not your prize. Whenever I said it the third time, the power of God hit that demon and, and, and totally defeated him totally defeated him, and he was, he was bound. Actually, now, now demons don't ever cease to exist. Demons are eternal beings. But yet, right on the other hand, that power hit him, and it looked like he blew him into a million pieces. It was a type. It was, it was, the demons never cease to exist. But, but it was a type of the anointing shall be destroyed because of the yoke. Amen? And then all of a sudden, the vision's gone. Well, um, and I knew I got it. Woo-hoo, I got it. Glory to God. Praise God. I couldn't get it on my own faith, but whenever special faith came in the manifestation. Do you know there's a progression to some of these things? If we'll be faithful in some of these utterance gifts, there, there's, we have more to do with those utterance gifts. If we'll be faithful with those, we'll get over into some of the other greater gifts. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
got a whole series on that. It's called the edification gifts. So anyway, and the vision's gone. I said, I got it. I got it. See, I got over there in the spirit where I'm operating now beyond my own faith. I couldn't get that on my own faith. It's, he's beyond my faith. That's, that's the realm of his authority, not my authority. So, but, but over in the spirit, I got it. I got it. And I, and I told my wife afterwards, and, uh, and she received it and believed it. But I said, uh, and so I think it was just a couple weeks later, uh, maybe a week or two later, was Winter Bible Seminar at Tulsa. Uh, and so I'm, I'm there at Winter Bible Seminar, and, and I knew another, I, I, found, I saw another minister that knew this man, knew what had happened. And uh, I asked him, I said, have you made contact with him yet? And he said, no, we haven't been able to find him. I said, well, I want you to know he's going he's gonna to turn around, he's going to repent, he's going to uh, get restored, because people like that need to be restored, right, before they just jump back into the ministry. They need to be accountable to somebody and so forth and so on. And I said, he's going to be restored. And then he'll, he'll get back into the ministry. I said, it won't be exactly the same, but he'll be back in the ministry. Yeah. You know, it takes time for that to happen. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Amen. So, but, but he said, oh, <laughs> you know, he, he, he was having struggle with believing it. I said, well, I said, I understand. How many of you know if you didn't have the experience, you might have trouble believing, but now I'm operating in special faith. Yeah. And I can't, it, I can't even doubt it. I said, it's going to happen. You just watch. Well, it did. It happened. They found him. And, and he repented and got restored and so forth and so on. He's today back in the ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but I said that whole story. I could tell you stories until cows come home. Anybody know what that means? Uh, but that, uh, that, that, that didn't happen just because I'm wishing. It happened because... And, and, and listen, the anointing at the beginning, the anointing didn't necessarily come on me to pray. I just wanted, I just hungered to be, to fellowship with my father. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. And as I got, and I got over into that, just worshiping him and then worshiping him in English. Here I go right on further. And he found somebody available. Listen, it wasn't me. It was somebody. Any, you got to use anybody. Found somebody available and said, here's somebody I can use. Hallelujah. Amen. See, the Holy Ghost won't come on you uh, without you responding to him. Right. Yeah. Because he needs permission to move you into some of these things. Amen. He needs permission to come on you or I. And if we make ourselves available and start yielding to him, he found somebody that he has permission to use. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be one of those that's used. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, shout a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Is this a Holy Ghost church? A Holy Ghost church. Woo! Glory be to God. Now, this is not your pastor's heart. What I'm getting ready to say is not your pastor's heart. They, they live a, you know, a consecrated, dedicated life. But you, you ought to have the kind of, as a church, have the kind of prayer life. And you, I, I'm not saying you don't. You understand. I'm, I'm just saying, let's keep on going here. Yep, yep. But the kind of prayer life that pastor could just play, kind of play golf all week, not even pray, study or anything, and get in the pulpit in the power fall. Amen. <laughs> I don't know if you like golf, but you know what I mean? Just goof off. That's not his heart. I know him. That's not his heart. But you know what I'm talking about? Well, that a church kind of has that kind of, uh, that, that makes that kind of power available. Praise God. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand me. A minister that just wants to goof off all the time, he's not going to last forever. <laughs> you understand? 
I'm just making that point. That, that sometimes we think, well, I don't know why things aren't happening and it's, and it's us. Amen. Not making enough power available. Hallelujah. But this is not that church. Amen. I said, this is not that church. This is, this is that church in Acts chapter number two. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So that's one flow of the Spirit. Now I'm going to switch on something. I'm not going to go long, but go over here to Psalms. Go here to, go here to the book of Psalms. <clears throat> this isn't going to be long. Tell your neighbor he's not going to keep us till midnight. Just to 11.59, that's all. Just <laughs> Hallelujah. Actually, you know, rather than to do that, why don't you go to Philippians? Philippians. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter number four. We'll just read this and then we'll just yield to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Philippians four, verse four. This is the amplified. So we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, not moving the landmarks. I just shared with you about this landmark of the move of the spirit in prayer. Now let's look at another one. Philippians four, four in the amplified. Rejoice in the Lord always. King James, King James doesn't bring this out, but the amplified says delight, gladden yourself in him. In him. That's in the in Christ realities. Gladden yourself in those realities. Again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. This, this is a flow of the Spirit we need not lose. The flow of rejoicing. Hallelujah. This is something the, the former generation, this is a landmark. I mean, it's just that, you know, Acts 16, as they prayed and sang praises, we just talked about the prayer part. Paul and Silas were in jail. You remember that? They prayed, and then they sang praises. And they, they did the first part. We already preached the first part. And they made that power available. And then they got through and started shouting and praising. And I'm telling you, when they got through, the power fell and the jail shook. They were singing. Remember, they were rejoicing, singing, praising God. And the power shook. And that, that, the chains were, the, the, the doors were open and the chains were loose and they all got set free. Praise God. We talk about the first part. Let's, let's finish up on the second part. They prayed and they did what? Rejoice. They sang praises or rejoice. Now notice, here's that rejoicing part. Philippians 4.4 4, amplified. Gladden yourself in him. Amen. Gladden yourself. According to this verse, they didn't say wait for outside circumstances to make you glad. Right. He said gladden yourself. Gladden yourself. Right. Gladden yourself. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Notice he didn't even say, wait till church and the praise and worship team gets you happy. That's right. Amen. This is a flow you can get into in the spirit yes. that the previous generation knew something about. Yes, sir. <laughs> praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. God's best for you and I. Notice, notice he didn't say, uh, wait for God to gladden you. Or wait for your brother to say, uh, let's just praise God together. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. Or, or wait for the worship team. Or put on a good CD in the, in the CD player, if we even have such things anymore. <laughs> no, not somebody else gladden you. You gladden yourself. Amen. Bible says, stir up the gift of God that's in you. Hallelujah. You want to know where your, store, your stir stick is? Right here. <laughs> that's your stir stick. Amen. Just start shouting and praising God. There's something better than you and I depending. Notice he said, gladden yourself. Yes. There's something better than you and I depending on our brother to gladden us. Amen. 
Thank God for good fellowship and people that can encourage us in faith. We receive that, don't we? But what if nobody's around? It's Monday morning and you haven't seen a brother. What are you going to do? Be depressed till church night? Or what are you going to do? You can gladden yourself. This is a flow of the Spirit you can get into. Hallelujah. Amen. The psalmist said, why are you cast down, O my soul? He talked to himself. You can talk to yourself talk, and, and, and tell yourself what the Word says about you. I remember one time I was looking in the mirror. I was getting ready one morning. And I stopped and I looked at myself. and like, you look like, you, you look pretty pitiful. I wasn't talking about my good looks because I am good looking, right? I want to make sure you stay on the front row or you're going to have to go in the back row. But no, I'm not talking about my good look. I'm talking about how sad I looked in the mirror. Uh-oh. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I just started gladdening myself. Come on, yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Yes, Amen. Christians shouldn't look like their mother-in-law moved in on them. <laughs> to live for the rest of their life. <laughs> Amen. Glory. Glory. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God for the joy of our salvation. Praise God. Say it out loud. Thank God for the joy of my salvation. Remember David was discouraged in the Old Testament. There's a 1 Samuel 30. Talks about David. He was out in one of the battles. He came home in his own home city where all their wives were. were destroyed. It was destroyed and, and uh, you know, burnt with fire. And they took the wives and all the goods. And everybody's discouraged and depressed. Remember that? And they, were, they, were, they didn't even have any strength anymore. They were, they were crying so hard. Well, you can understand. You know, those are their loved ones and everything. But yet, right on the other hand, there's nobody. And they talked about Stone and David. <laughs> well, there's nobody around to gladden him. So the Bible said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Say, say I can encourage myself. That's a move of the Spirit that you can get into of the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know what? David did that, and he encouraged himself, and the Word of the Lord came to him, told him what to do. He went out and did it and got it all back. Praise the Lord. You don't get it back by, by, by you know, being depressed. You get it back by shouting. That's how you get it back. Hallelujah. Talk to yourself about the in Christ realities. Tell yourself who you are in Christ. The devil's been trying to tell you who you are. You, you talk back. My mama taught me as a kid, don't talk back. Well, when it came to the devil, I learned to talk back. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You got the authority to turn things. Now go over to Psalms. We're, we're really closing now. We're really closing now. You know what it means when a preacher says you're re- we're really closing now? Nothing at all. Just nothing at all. Uh, I'm kidding. Psalm. Look at Psalm 84, verse number 6. Psalm 84, 6. This is again the Amplified. I know I've gone long here, but see, it's your fault. You've been hungry. You've been pulling. Psalm 84, verse number 6. The Amplified Classic. Passing through the valley of weeping. It names it there, Baca. They make it a place of springs. The early rains also fill the pools with blessings. Look at that. They make it. That's the part that stands out to me. This is a place of weeping, but they, they turned it from a place of weeping into something else. They make it a place that has refreshing waters and springs of water that's full of blessings. You see that? Full of blessings. 
Everybody say, they make it. Always put that verse together with Psalm 8, 6. The Bible says, He made you to have dominion. Your dominion, God, God made you a man of dominion so you could make your circumstances the way God, told, God intended they be. Hallelujah. He made you so you could make their circumstances the way God meant them to be. Don't wait for the devil to uh, let you alone. You make things the way God intended that they be. Hallelujah. How? How? By praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. Getting in the Holy Ghost, getting in the, in the waters of refreshing, these, these pools of refreshing here. It might have been, a, you might be in a dry place, spiritually, so to speak, testing trials. But you can get it to rain right there in the middle of that. Make it. Get, get, get in the Holy Ghost and, and just fill yourself up, getting, getting full of the Holy Ghost, praising God, worshiping God. And, and you make it something that it was not. You make it a place of victory. You make it a place of increase, of power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Learn to do that. And, and don't wait on somebody else to help you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so that, that's what Paul and Silas did. They did those two things. They prayed and they sang praises. And those two things together brought the power into manifestation that, that took what the devil... See, the devil intended for their circumstances to go a certain direction. Right. Probably even death, you know. But yet they turned that by knowing, what to do, knowing how to bring the power into manifestation. How'd they do it? They prayed and then they sang praises. So that's what I'm talking to you about tonight. Learn to get into the power of God by praying things through and then just praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise is recognition of something that's already done. Amen. 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 I said that's what that is. Praise is recognition of something that's already done. When you know the devil's lying and it's already done, you're already free, you're already redeemed. You can praise God even when you see something that's contradictory. Hallelujah. <clears throat> praise God. So that's an act of your dominion. When you do that, you're in dominion in the situation. You're, you're taking dominion. The devil, see, it really messes the devil up. Because he's not used to people shouting. He's not used to people using their faith in tests and trials. He's used to them responding by poking their lip out, getting depressed, getting their hanky out, playing the sad songs. <laughs> and he hears that and he goes, I got him, I got him. But when he hears praise, alarm bells go off in hell. <laughs> he said, uh-oh, uh-oh, they, they found out, they found out. They found out the truth. I said, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's how you operate in the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith has an attitude. The spirit of faith defies what the devil's saying. The spirit of faith says, you're not going to win this one. I'm winning this one. Glory to God. And it praises the power down until it falls on your circumstances and you turn it. It gets turned. It, you, you make it something. The devil intended it to be something else, but you make it what God intended it to be. Woo! Stand up with me tonight. Hallelujah! Woo! Glory! 
Somebody here needs to praise their way out of something. Woo! Glory! Ha, 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 ha! Ha, 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 ha! Woo! Glory! Victory! 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 Woo! Woo! Glory, 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 glory! Woo! Glory, 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 glory! Hallelujah! 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 Woo! Glory be to God! Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you'll respond to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will come on you. And guess what? It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Glory, 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 glory. Ha 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 Victory, 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 victory. Ha 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 ha. Thank you for the victory. 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 Woo, glory. Woo, glory. Glory be to God. This will work for depression. It'll work for sickness. I remember a lady, we were, we were preaching in uh, Mobile, no, not, where was it? Alabama. Uh, uh, anyway, we were preaching down there. And, and <laughs> we got into this flow one night. And uh, it, was a, it was kind of a process of a series of meetings, and, and this pastor, Methodist pastor's wife started coming. And, and the pastor's wife that we're preaching for had invited her, and she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. But she came to these meetings. The first night, she, uh, I'm preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and she stood, and, and she's on the second row. I got just, I, I wouldn't even finish my sermon. She said, I can't stand it anymore. I want to be filled right now. I said, be filled. She took off and just started speaking in tongues. Methodist pastor's wife. Next service, she's back and she brought her husband, the Methodist pastor. <laughs> so, so they're sitting there and um, I'm, talking about, uh, I'm talking about some of the same things I'm talking about tonight, rejoicing and, and getting full of the Holy Ghost. And uh, she, she's sitting there and she starts chuckling. She just, she just, it just starts bubbling up out of her and she starts, and she's just starting to shake like this. And she's just sitting there chuckling and shaking and fell off of her chair. And her Methodist pastor husband's eyes got real big. He's like, oh my goodness, he's not used to this. Amen. And she laid on the floor and, and slapped the floor and laughed and laughed and laughed. That the, the pastor's wife that we were preaching for, the pastor's wife uh, called us later and said, she went back to her doctor, the Methodist pastor's wife, went back to her doctor and they did some tests. And the same thing happened to her that happened to that man. They kept saying, actually, what they said was, we got to take another uh, uh, shot, you know, because they're looking at the cancer. They got to take another shot because our machine's not working. And so they, they turned her again. And the same thing happened to the other man. They kept turning. And they said, well, our machine's not working today. We're going to send it out to the University of I, uh, Alabama or whatever it was. 
uh, we're going to let them, that we know their machine's working today. And so, so we'll call you at home and tell you, you know. And, and so a couple hours later, they called her at home. They said, uh, uh, honey, they said, we don't get to tell people this very often, but you just don't have cancer. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.